The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to the What We Said podcast. Today is a really special Tuesday. One of the most special Tuesdays, not only because it's Valentine's Day, but because we have the one, the only, Michael Bostic and Lauren Everett from The Skinny Confidential on the pod today. This is a true moment of manifestation and just a meant-to-be moment, if you will. Um, Skinny Confidential has been one of mine and Chelsea's favorite podcasts since we started our podcast. Um, Obviously, we're with Dear Media, and we just love Michael and Lauren so much, and it's been like a dream of ours to have them on our podcast for the past, ever since it's been a thing. So Mm -hmm. this is such a fun moment for us. The conversation was great. It went all over the place as expected. I also did want to mention when we get into the episode that there is some adult content. Okay. And F bombs are dropped and there are bombs. F words are dropped and there is some, what's the word I'm looking for? PG 13, Mm -hmm. probably not rated R, maybe, maybe rated R stuff in here. So if you're like listening with your kids, maybe this is mature, mature audiences only. Okay. M.A. But we talked about a lot of different subjects with them. I think you guys are really going to love it. Uh, But we also, before we get into that, wanted to mention that our merch dropped today at what drops at 10 a.m. PST. And it's our pink Valentine's Day sets. They are the comfiest, softest things in the world. Skims who? We don't know her. Um, They're the same. We still love Skims, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kim sends us a cease and desist. Yeah. Um, they're the same as our blue sets if you got those or if you saw them and I've been wearing the blue set ever since we got them almost every single night not every single night because I do wash them but they're so comfortable and so we it's, decided to make the pink one it's basically like a lounge set it's like boxer shorts kind of, or mm-hmm. the briefs I was uh, boxer them, briefs boxer briefs with like a stretchy waistband um, and then a really stretchy, soft, comfy tee. And you can mm-hmm. wear it like around your house. You can wear it to bed. You can do whatever you want. But um, they're so comfy. We also have Slay Era journals for you guys to do bullet journals, manifest your life. And we got some stickers as well that you can like put on the journal, put on your water bottle. So that's our your little phone case. Yes. That's our little uh, Valentine's Day collection for you. It launches today and we're super excited about it. It's really, really cute. You guys will love it. Also, if there are still tickets for tour, it's going to be linked in the show notes. So go check it out. Yeah. We're going to like Everywhere. cities. We're going nationwide, y'all. <laughs> six Literally cities. Six cities over the next couple months. So we talked about that last week. Yeah. If you want to get your tickets, go check it out. We're so, so excited for it and so excited to meet you guys. But without further ado, we got to get into the episode today. Uh, let's welcome Michael and Lauren to the What We Said podcast. We're going to start off with a bang. What is, do you guys know what icks are? Yeah. What is your ick for each other? Just one. You go pick first, one first. Based, I'm going to gauge your ick to see how ick I can go. <laughs> Listen, I'm a quarter Japanese. People don't know that about me. right? If, if, on paper, I don't present that wow. way. Right? My grandma's full. And the Japanese people, we are a clean people. Right? We, we do not like mess. We do not like, I don't know what kind of people you come from, Lauren, but <laughs> there, sometimes I get some of these messes and to use your word, I am icked the fuck out. It is too much. <laughs> I guarantee you, true creatives, they're not clean all the time. Like, 
Picasso. You're gonna oh, <laughs> oh we're gonna compare yourself to Capo- no, Picasso. No, but she wasn't. Right off the Can bat? you imagine? Van Gogh, who cut off his ear. Hold on. In the first five seconds of the show, you've compared yourself to Picasso and Van Gogh. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. I'm just saying, if you're a creative person, like, there's going to be a mess. But then I like to clean the mess up so crazy where it's perfect and everything's organized. Well, would you say Lauren is messy or dirty? She's not dirty. That's not, a, you know, like she's not I'm like... I'm a fucking tornado, chaotic design. Chaotic. Messy. Yeah, I'm chaotic. Which I, people wouldn't know that online, I feel like, because then I'll clean no, it up. No, I would be never like, guess that. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to be sappy here, but if it was, like, I always tell her, if you were, if she wasn't my wife and I didn't love her so much, I'd be long gone. Like, it's the love that holds it together. <laughs> Good luck. No, I, I don't mean to be sappy, but I would have left a long time ago. Yeah. Like if you, if she was just some other person that I, if I was da- like, say I was back in my dating era, can I, can I use the word era yeah, on of the show? Because the era, mm-hmm. and that transpired, I would be like, they, would, you know, like the Roadrunner when he blasts off and the dust is just there. Like that would be me in that day. Right? Which brings me to my ick. Okay. Michael does a fake cough, and I oh. can. Not. And once I point this out, there's going to be a lot of people who are listening that are like, oh, my God, my significant other does this. It's a tick. And he does it when he's tired or he's nervous and it starts a little low. And it's so jarring and so off putting. And so I just can't. It, it, it honestly drives me nuts to the point where I'll turn to him and be like, clear your fucking throat or get the fuck out. <laughs> Are your listeners the type that were looking for a couple to come on and confess their love and how much like... No. Take, like, the, I, you know, I love so. him. He's a great okay. husband, but please get rid of the... Gr- so cough. what's the purpose of the cough coming from your perspective, Michael? I just want to know. I just want to like announce my presence be there sometimes if i you know don't want to use words i just want to kind of grunt a little bit i think Mm -hmm. some of the men out there this is like making me start to have a tickle i'm like (laughs) doing everything in my power not to yeah but i will say when my husband nick when he coughs i don't know why i literally look at him with like evil eyes every time he like he actually will have like a sinus infection he'll be coughing and i'm like that is the most jarring noise like in the in the bedroom like i can barely hear it i'm like that grinds my gears when you cough. Like, can you cover up or just stop coughing? Please, just shove it down. Did your husband develop an incredible sneeze once your son was born? Oh, the because sneeze is another sneeze. layer to it. There's a sneeze now that he has that he's a dad. And did his eyebrows, like, sometimes I look at an eyebrow hair since I've become a father, and I'm, like, ashamed of myself that it, like, it, it is going, it's longer than the hair on my head. And I don't know, I think this only happened once I became a father. I look and I have this ridiculous sneeze that shakes the house, and I have these long eyebrow hairs. <laughs> Are, really things disgusting. just get unruly. Are yeah. all your kids just going to have the greatest hair on the planet? Because Literally. the two you already have. Well, my like, hair's fake and my ponytail's fake right now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. But Michael thinks that he has a great hairline. I so. don't think, Lauren. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he has very thick hair, I yeah. can tell. He knows. He, he, he knows. Trust me. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I got did one you, thing going. Did you both have super thick hair when you were babies? We did. Okay. We did. We have we our kids have very thick hair. Our, both were born with a full head of hair. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of normal. No. no. I feel like not like your kids. Like when no. I see photos of them, I'm, no. I'm just like, wow, that is a head of hair. It's so cute. I didn't have hair till I was like two. My teachers really? in my school, yeah. they got literally I have no like, context. I really I'm, fine I'm hair. the worst. I have no context. I, really? Mm-hmm. Till you were two. I yeah. think that's adorable, I by had, the way. Like, I just, just feel like wispies. everyone has hair. I didn't have much hair when I was little either. Well, like your hair privileged, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Zaza won't let me brush her hair. 
So here's that's the, the thing. look though. That's that's like the supermodel off duty look. Slide in my inbox and they're like, wow, like the judgmental. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the wrong one, babe. Just mm. <laughs> slide in my inbox and be like, that is so horrible of you as a mother to not brush her hair. I'm like, she doesn't want to brush her hair. She doesn't care. Yeah. I do my best, but I'm not gonna be like a stage mom over yeah. her to brush her hair. How has you before I feel like you've shared certain things about before motherhood, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like you've said things like you weren't super maternal or obsessed with kids. What is your, like, what are your thoughts on that now? Or do you feel like you've changed since you have children now? Before I had kids, I literally never thought about it. Hmm. Ever. It, like, I look back, I, I never thought about it. Like, you never pictured yourself, like, pushing a stroller and none of no. that? And not to say that I'm like when I when I was pregnant, I like I was excited and yeah. I like love having kids. I love being a mother, but I wa- wasn't someone that like thought about it all the time. And I and I I find that that's now I find it's unique after talking to a mm-hmm. lot of other women. Yeah, and I never felt the pressure that she even wanted children. I do. Yeah. I did want children. I just didn't. I think the, I, I think the one of the reasons that I got pregnant right away. And you said this on TikTok. I I stopped like obsessing over it. And Oprah talks about this a lot. She there's a fine line between obsessing over things and manifesting and visualizing. So what I do is I compartmentalize. So I I, I like to meditate. So I'll meditate for thirty minutes, and in that meditation, I'll visualize my future of exactly what I want. And I do this every single day. But then when I'm out of that meditation, I'm not ruminating on 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 it and becoming obsessed and the reason that I think that that is is because I feel like you're putting a desperate energy into your future and into the world that is it's a a me 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 you're not outside yourself so I mean I know this is maybe counterintuitive but I would say if you want something really bad maybe like step away from it dissociate from it compartmentalize it it kind of comes now people are going to come at me and say i'm sure there's all different kinds of things there's 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 people that have had you know they've been sick or they have problems like i i get it but i'm just saying what try like maybe with business if you really want something when you become obsessive with it it's a it's a bad frequency Mm -hmm. it's like pushy actually in this the book the secret she talks about how you should put in your like manifestations as like an order that you would at a restaurant. So like when you put in your order, you say, I want the chicken sandwich with pesto. And then you just let them go make the food. You're not constantly checking on it. You're not making sure that they're going to bring you your food because you know that it's going to happen. You know, it's going to come. And if you keep checking on it, it's showing that you actually don't believe that it's going to come. Chelsea, that is exactly what I've been trying to say on our podcast. That's exactly it. Yeah. Put the order in and stop trying to control the process. Step back. And you and I have had this conversation a lot because Michael is someone who is very thoughtful and anal with. (laughs) No, and I mean this in a nice way, actually. It's actually commendable how thoughtful he is. But I'm someone that I put it out what I want. And then it's like moving on. What's next? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think about it and I, again I'm not saying my way is the right way I'm just saying with kids, it's worked for you yeah I was just like oh I do want kids one day but like that was it there was no like 
I need, I need, like, I, mm-hmm. I gotta get me pregnant right now. And I think that that. Yeah, well, we have goals and ambitions, but then to your point, we do the things that we do the work that, you know, to satisfy those goals and ambitions, but we're not sitting there obsessing about like getting a very specific end result. We just know that if we trust the process and put in the work and then have a, have a goal that over time it will be met and then you can potentially even go further. Right. But I think if you just like obsess over something over and over and over you're right. You're putting this energy out there where you like, you don't actually believe it's going to happen. And people ask us all the time with the podcast or with your media, like, Oh, what's been an epiphany or surprising moment? Like none of it. Cause we always, we always knew that this was going to happen. And I think what's going to continue to happen is going to be more than we've even presented so far. Right. It's just like trusting the process and putting it out there, but not laying awake at night and like biting your fingernails and be like, Oh my God, this hasn't happened. When's it going to happen? And also yeah. not surrounding yourself with the content that is in your face so meaning like i'm really careful about the content i consume i'm very strategic there's thought behind the content i consume on my instagram i was just talking about this on our podcast like i go in and i star every single person that i like so i have like all my authors i like i have like the stoicism that i want to see i have you know like the tips and tricks people that i have and it's starred and then I mute what I don't want to see. And so when I log online, it's a curation of what I want to see. I think if you want something and then you're constantly, it's in your face, it's 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 too much. What do you mean by you want something and then it's in your face? So like say say you want, I'm just making this up, what Melissa Wood Health has and you want to have a platform like her, but you're obsessive about it and you're checking everything she does and you're watching everything she does and she you post she posts a story and you tune in right away. It's right. just like a frequency that's desperate. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that and it's not authentic. It's like copying at that point. I just think like giving yourself space away from being obsessive is important. The world just doesn't reward desperation in any area. It just I doesn't. Agree. Yeah, very true. And we were talking about this, too. It's like even if you didn't get the exact result, maybe you wanted in the time frame you wanted, because it's like life is never going to go perfectly to plan. But how much better to just be not not necessarily disassociated, but like trust in the process. Yeah, trust in the process and be like, whatever's meant for me will happen. So, you know, if something even doesn't go your way, it's like, well, something better is coming. And just like how much better of a feeling that is to feel that way than to be like trying to control everything around you. A hundred percent. And listen, I'm all about executing and, and goals and creating systems and and routines. I like love all that. But at the same time, I think putting out what you want and then stepping away from it and and moving out of it. And and my grandma used to say this all the time, getting outside yourself. If you're constantly sitting there thinking about yourself and what you don't have and, and what you should have and what you deserve, that's a scarcity mindset. There's nothing abundant about that. And like, I don't want to be around someone like that. And I don't want to be around myself when I'm like that. And I notice whenever I get like low, it's because I need to get outside myself. And so just getting outside yourself, like, yes, have your meditations, have your visualizations, do your vision board, like all of it. I'm more into an execution board, which we can talk about Ooh. than a vision board. But then step out of it and get out of it just to have perspective. Yeah, I love that. I do love that. That was a really long answer no, to your question about I having that. kids. No, I loved all of that. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Very important to remember you can do this on your iPhone. It is literally the easiest thing ever, you guys. And if you don't, you could be missing out on literally free money, basically. Free savings. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for a coupon code is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. I have gotten so, I've saved so much money from Honey. 
I tell everyone about it. My mom has it downloaded. I've saved on like big purchases like my TV, my bed frame that you guys always ask about, jewelry sites, clothing, like you name it. So this is how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button will appear and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons that it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. This came in clutch when I was shopping for tour. Yes. Literally, I was adding stuff to my car. I was getting a little nervous about the price. And what do you know? Honey came in and saved the day. And I'm going to look slay. And I didn't even mean for that to rhyme. Also, Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It also works on your iPhone too. Like JC said, just activate it on Safari, on your phone, and save on the go. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash what we said. That's joinhoney.com slash what we said. Go check it out. For Christmas this year, Chelsea gave me the gift of all gifts. <laughs> hey, beautiful bracelet from Missouri. And I am a Missouri stan. I have a lot of really good staples. I have these like thin gold hoops that I wear a lot and um, some like diamond studs as well that I wear in one of my lobe piercings and then this bracelet and a necklace. Anyway, they're like really good gold staples that are such high quality and literally look the same as when I bought them, like some of them years ago. And here's the thing, you don't need to only buy jewelry for occasions. Missouri does find jewelry differently by celebrating every day, not just the big moments. I have so many pieces from Missouri, like you said, that have lasted for so long. I wear this cuff on my ear. It's like a little uh, croissant um, design. And I get so many compliments on it. And I've literally been wearing it for years and years and years. And I got it from Missouri. And I also have a pinky ring that I got from them that is so beautiful. And again, people always ask me like specifically those two items where I got them and I got them from Missouri. Missouri drops new limited edition products every Monday featuring responsibly sourced diamonds and recycled 14 karat solid gold pieces that you can sweat, shower and sleep in. Discover fairly priced and expertly handcrafted styles to wear and love forever. If you're looking for a sign to buy yourself the diamond or gold hoops, bracelet or necklace, then this is it. Make your own day and go to Missouri.com. That's M-E-J. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com. It'll be linked in the show notes. Go check it out. When you talk about like stoicism, meditation, manifestation, all of that, are you guys religious? I'm not. No? Not religious in the sense of the word, right? Like I, there's not, you know, I grew up probably, I mean, my name is Michael Joseph, Jesus Christ, mom, like <laughs> call more Catholic name, right? And so, so you grew up Catholic? Grew up like Catholic, Christian. Like I, I, I have a, re I, here's what I think. I respect people that have faith and follow faith because I think it gives you some, you know, like, like for example, for our child, I don't think it's bad. Like I think the framework of religion is a very good thing. But for me, like I don't follow a specific God. That doesn't mean that I'm not faithful or that I'm not, you know, you know, I don't believe in some kind of higher power, but I'm not, we're not like actively practicing Christianity or Judaism or anything like that. I'm yeah. incredibly spiritual though. Mm -hmm. I am. Yeah. I'm very, very into energy and like feeling people's energy and like vibration and like I love like the 528 hertz and like just I love all like Joe Dispenza like I'm very spiritual but I'm not religious. I, I think it can work both ways though like I think this is going to be a very controversial statement maybe but I think religion can sometimes 
work against you if you don't have a perspe- the right perspective. So for example, if you're somebody that believes that you're going to have a second chance at life, so you can kind of waste this one or go about this one in a less meaningful way or put less into it because there's something else coming after, like I think that can be dangerous, right? It's a it's a it's a way to procrastinate on taking action today. So I just believe that like I have only one shot at this and after it's done, like it's a blackout and I'm gone. And so I think like, okay, what do I want to put into the world while I'm here? What do I want to leave my children with? What, what kind of husband do I want to be? What kind of friend? Do I, like all of those things, because I believe like this is it. Mm-hmm. And, and so with that mentality, I think not being religious in the sense of like, there's something after it gives me a framework. Like I got to make the most of whatever's here while I'm here. Right. Where some people may think, Oh, like I, like I'm going to go off and I'm going to be a butterfly after I'm going to heaven or I'm like, whatever. And it's like, well, maybe not. Yeah, mm. I really I actually appreciate that perspective. I recently posted a YouTube video and I talked a little bit about just kind of my journey with religion briefly. And someone actually commented something similar about how when they stopped being bought into their religion that they grew up with, which was very like strict and had guidelines. And it's like, this is what's going to happen to you after you die. And all that stuff, they were like, you know, people think it's going to if you don't believe in heaven or something, it like gives you no motivation. It's like, well, what's the point of life? And she, she was saying, for me, it was the exact opposite. It's like, oh my gosh, if I only have, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope there's heaven. I hope I can see people again, but I'm not sure. So I want to make this life count. And that like really resonated with me, kind of similar to what you're just saying. Like if I have one shot, I'm going to do, I'm going to have my dream job. I'm going to be around people that I love. Like it kind of makes you moment. yeah more motivated also i just feel like i'll be really tired by then and like do i gotta do it again <laughs> it's like we just did this whole <laughs> like, thing like, i just did the whole thing like do i have to go back and do it again and do i have to do it for fucking forever yeah right like that kind of worries me it's too it's daunting like, i don't want to you be, might not I, have that hairline next time so yeah, yeah. maybe like i don't want to see everybody it's like oh god you're here like i just thought i thought i escaped you and now you're back here and it's yeah. eternity you know what i mean who knows <sighs> tortured forever <laughs> i want to know how your guys's dynamic has changed since having kids specifically i mean i know with obviously you guys have a podcast together as well so that probably has changed a little bit of your dynamic but how has it been since well both since having a business together and having kids together it's hard to have sex i mean it's you gotta get real creative <laughs> because we we call zaza big eye she's like a lemur in the middle no, of the night yet. i oh, mean yeah, it's like oh, it, no. it's like you know they're always watching so you have to mm-hmm. get very creative that's definitely changed sex has gotten quieter this might be an intrusive question but do you like schedule it like okay later tonight when she goes down like no we're not schedulers we're i'm not, not like schedulers I, I just, but I, listen go ahead and schedule everyone who's listening schedule away i i am a scheduler in my business mm-hmm. life but you if I have to schedule sex, like, no. Just like, people oh, that, that I always yeah. find, like, when people don't have toddlers, and they're like, oh, like, what's your routine? Or do you schedule? I'm like, we have a toddler. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, anything could pop off at any moment. She could flip out of the bed and come running in and bang down the door. Well, like, we went to yeah. Vegas, and we had a weekend alone for, like, two days, and it's, like, great. Almost like, blew the fucking bottom yeah, out like, of that Oh, <laughs> thank God. Like, we had, like, you know, time to ourselves. Um, yeah. So you have to time batch it. Yeah. <laughs> time batching. Yeah. I, I think. Wait, what? No. Nice. <laughs> oh. Good. I'm just thinking about Vegas. Don't right? pop a boner. He's like, I gotta go. Yeah. Don't pop a boner. But that's changed. And then I think what's changed is I think our life has become more layered. Uh, definitely. And obviously with the kids, that's going to happen. I yeah. think there's definitely two more, more layers to waking up. There's more layers to going to bed. There's just 
layers in general more with children. And I think it'll maybe like, I mean, who knows? I, we haven't done yet, but I'll even out more over time. But we have two kids both under three. Mm-hmm. So like it, that's a kind of a lot, right? And listen, we have help. I'm not shy about saying that. But what I think about is like we've just had to get much more effective with the time that we have together and the time when we're away from them. Right. Every single second of my life, I think, is this worth being away from my kids? Mm-hmm. Like that question is always on my mind. I don't want to go to dinner with someone that it's not worth being away from my kids. I don't want to consume content that's not worth being away from my kids. I don't I, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And like I'm a type of person that I like to be in bed. Like you said, I'm, I'm in bed by eight o'clock. Like if I if I go out, it's got to be worth it. It's not worth it to me to go to a nightclub and be screaming. I can't even hear the person. Like, what's the point? Also, Children have become an incredible excuse, too, because before when we couldn't get out of some of these obligations, now I'm like, oh, sorry, can't like yeah. the kids, you know, I just can't make that thing. And probably oh, next month. Mm-hmm. No, probably not then either. They're going to be sick. Probably with something. never. Yeah. yeah. I think they have a cold schedule. For them. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Do you guys have any non-negotiables even for you? Because I know you're very regimented in like your routines and stuff. And you definitely were before you had kids. Are there any things where you're like this is a non-negotiable for me? Like I will be doing this every morning with or without kids or has How everything changed? You have? I have so many. Oh, let's go. I have a lot of non-negotiables. Start listing a couple. I I want to meditate. If I don't get to meditate like this morning, it's it's like just going to hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) If he lets me meditate, it's going to be a great day. (laughs) I'm like very honest with that. It just listen, I can I'm obviously I can function without meditation, but it just helps frame the day for me so much. Do, do you want to know, honestly, this is the truth about, and this is maybe it's like... It's kind of like having blue balls. Look. Like, don't you just want to... Oh, you I thought blue balls get it were a myth. You know what that's No, not, it's not a myth. It is not a myth. It's not a myth. It is not a myth. But it's like, you have to like, you have to relieve the blue balls. Like, that's how I feel about meditation. It's like, I have blue balls, and if you don't let me relieve it, like, sucks for you. Mm. But you know, like, this is maybe... This, sometimes when we say this, it rubs some parents the wrong way. But I think, uh, honestly, a real non-negotiable for us was that these children were coming into our life, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Right? Like, we're not com- they, They're the new people here, right? Like they got to figure out how to fit into what we've got going on here. If we got to travel, if we got to go to dinner, if we got to go to lunch, like you know, if we're bouncing around between Texas or here, like they they kind of got to figure that out. And it's because yes, we're new parents and we want to be great parents, but we don't want to put the rest of our life on hold or slow our ambitions because we have children. We figure like you can like kind of do it all, but you got to fold them into the I'm not someone that's like, oh, she's napping at this time. I, I, I don't do any of that. I I park Towns right next to me, mm-hmm. put him in his stroller, put a binky in his mouth. We got to entertain ourselves, sweetie. Mommy's working. <laughs> like Zaza came to dinner with me the other night for a work dinner. Like she's got, I want her to be around that and see how to be a person in society without like acting up all the time. And sure, she's going to have meltdowns and tantrums, whatever. But like, I want to integrate her into my life. Yeah. How are they ever going to learn social like experiences if they never experience? 100%. Like bring her out. We we bring her out and we have oysters and champagne. Well, I mean, she'll come to dinner with us. She'll come to dinner with us probably tonight. Like they're they're out with us. Towns was at a sip and see for seven hours. Well, and also, I mean, they're out. Yeah. Yeah. We want to be able to like be the same people. Like I, I think sometimes it's a it's a vulnerability in a relationship when people have children and then they just kind of become co-parents and roommates to and like to the children. They forget to put the relationship first. Like honestly, 
we put our relationship first and feel like if that's solid, then we'll be good parents, right? We don't, we try not to let it get rocky because if we're in a rocky place from a relationship perspective, then how can we be the most effective parents? Just yeah. from a micro level, my non-negotiables are my morning. I need a morning. I do not look at my phone at all. Or workouts. He, he feels differently about this, but I have decided we had Robert Slovak on our podcast and he talked about EMF and like, he was like, it is so crazy that people are sleeping with their cell phones and computers and iPads on. I'm like, well, what if it's on airplane mode? He's like, that it, it's so bad. Mm. So my routine with my phone starts at night. The phone goes off at like 9.30. I don't want to look at it. I'm, I'm actually like sick of it. It's like a toxic friend that you're just like, I've had enough of you. It's enough. I need it's, a breather. I, get away from me. I'm just, I'm truly disgusted by my phone <laughs> at the end of the night. So it's off. It's in another room. I don't want to look at it. And if I open it up in the morning, it's to put on a podcast or to listen to like sound bowls. Like I just, you know, I really didn't look at my phone today until 10. I don't want to look at it. So I think that the phone, no phone in the morning has really helped me be able to execute the morning that I want. You know, it's very easy to wake up and just scroll. Mm -hmm. So the morning time is my non-negotiable. I need my mornings. I'd also love a nighttime routine too, if I'm being honest. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have any non-negotiables because I don't have any time because she took all of them and I just sit there off to the side with the two kids and the two dogs and say, God, I'd really be nice if I could take five seconds to myself. I 600 steps for me to be normal. We're going to jump into an ad real quick to talk about ZocDoc. Guys, ZocDoc literally came in such clutch for me. When I found out I was pregnant and I literally had no freaking clue what to do, I was like, wait, um, how do I go to a doctor? I don't know any OBGYNs. Like, when do I need to get into a doctor? And I also wanted to make sure I was choosing a good uh, OBGYN who had good reviews and, you know, who aligned with my wants and my needs. And that's a lot harder than you think. But I came across ZocDoc and it helped me look through, find a doctor so fast that had availability like literally the next week. And I could also see all of her reviews, see what people were saying about the experience of the waiting room and all of that stuff. And it literally was so amazing. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. So there's no more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. This is super important. I feel like I have scoured the internet so many times trying to find a good doctor for various things. So this kind of just makes everything very streamlined and efficient. Go to ZocDoc.com slash what we said and download the ZocDoc app for free and then find and book a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash what we said. ZocDoc.com slash what we said. Go check it out. Wait, so do you do you guys both wake up before your kids, after your kids? Okay. I wake up before the kids. Like a good time before them? Like five. Okay. And then... Ugh, that throw-up emoji. But you know what? I like the time because I get yeah. time to myself before, and then I'm the first one. I spend time with my son in the morning and yeah. give him his bottle, and then like I'm first up with Zaz, and I'll cook her breakfast. So like I feel like that's my time to kind yeah. of be with them. And then she likes to have, like, she's more, she likes to have her mornings do the medit. So she's doing all that stuff while I'm with the kids. And it's yeah. a good trade off. I wake yeah. up at seven. I, I, I'm that's not good. A, it's a good time. super early. See, I tell my husband, I do the same thing where I'll sleep in until like 7.30. But if he wakes up, like our son, if he wakes up at like 
five thirty or six. I do not get up with him because I'm like, and as you shouldn't. Here's my thing: I carried the baby exactly. for ten months. Go wake he up. He took with all him. my sleep <laughs> at go the beginning. So yeah, it's five thirty. Go. She'll yeah. never let me forget it. I will. <laughs> when they're twelve, I'll be like, you know, I carried for ten months. <laughs> it's true. You can wake up. I'll, I do tons of fun things during the day. Mm-hmm. We do crafts, but like, you can wake up early. Yeah. That's not my jig. What do you guys do when you said putting the relationship first and stuff, and how important that is? Like. Do you have specific things that you're very intentional about? Do you guys like schedule date nights and you're like, this is our time together? Well, fortunately, and part of the reason, like people have this misconception that Lauren and I work together on everything all the time. Like, I mean, you guys are involved in Jer Media. Look, Lauren's not, I mean, she obviously she's my wife and she's a partner of Jer Media, but she has a completely separate team, separate business, separate any than the office that we're sitting in now. So the podcast is something that we get to do twice a week, you know, every week together. And I feel like that's a lot of, like, it's a lot of time like this. And then, yeah, I think it's just honestly the mentality of putting, like, knowing that, like, the relationship comes first. I feel like you could do all the stuff, schedule sex, schedule date nights, all of that. But, like, if you don't have the mentality that this is the thing that actually comes first and needs to come before all the other stuff, it's the same thing with, like, people that want to take care of themselves. Like, if you don't put your health and fitness before everything else, you're, you're, it can't be an afterburner, right? Like, so Lauren and I go through and say, okay, if that's first, then the rest of the stuff honestly kind of takes care of itself. It's just the mentality of, of, of thinking that way. We definitely have a lot of adult time. But that's of course, important. like we'll do day yeah. nights, we'll do all the yeah. stuff yeah. that people should do, but we, it's, it's honestly the thought process that I think matters most. For I sure. think that's really important. I think that's something I was just saying, like at the beginning, I think I thought being a good mom was putting my kid first and being like, that's the main priority. I don't care what you need. Like I, I'm going to take care of the baby and that's it. And I think it is what you said. It's like, it shakes the foundation. And if the foundation is strong, like AKA your guys' relationship, then parenting becomes so much easier because you're not constantly, I don't know, like picking each other apart. And I think we, I found that out later than I, than I wish I would have. It was like six months into it that I'm like, oh, I need to prioritize you as well in this. And then we can work together and be better parents together. I also think a blowjob like <laughs> goes a long way. No, it does. It's like, just, sure does. We talked about this on another podcast. The girl's like, I don't, I don't like it. And I'm like, okay, but what if he said he doesn't like going down on you? Mm. Like, you know what? You said it. something in a podcast that I think all the time. And you said maybe your grandma told you like every time you don't you never turn Michael down and you always say let's never. like be wild if like it was let's grandma. rally. Is that what that was, was it? my stepmom? But, but much better story that just use grandma for now. Yeah. I complained to my stepmom after I was working until three in the morning, like as a bartender. I would literally come home, work on my blog from twelve to three and like be going to school all day teaching Pilates teaching pure bar and I was tired and mm-hmm. he, he was like we knew in this relationship wanted to have sex all the time and I called her and I was like oh, I'm tired and <laughs> I thought she was gonna be like it's okay like yeah she needs to be a little more thoughtful she was like just rally and she my her and my dad have been together for yeah you know, a look, long time I'm still here <laughs> and I think that like I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to please your partner like that. Like, that's important. If you are holding out from sex and they want sex and that's misaligned, that's a that's a problem. We were on that show, the the show Girls Gotta Eat. I don't know if you guys have ever gone on that show or know them, but they were, you know, they're using this example about how sometimes women will withhold that kind of sex act and say like, oh, you don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Right. And they'll say that to a guy. And when I asked them, I said, what if me as a man was in the relationship and we were in a fight and, and, and I said, you know what? You don't deserve it. I'm not going down on anybody because you don't deserve it. Like you said that to a woman, like people would be like, yeah, yeah, their head would blow off. Right. (laughs) But like, that's what happens. And so like, I think we look at it as like, okay, 
I'm not going to come to her when she's dead tired and I'll be like, you have to have sex with me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a thoughtful person. But the idea that you would want to not please your partner is kind of foreign to us, right? Like, I think that's a foundation of us being in a marriage for so long. It's like, we want that for each other, right? Definitely. I, and also, you just got to, like, learn how to do it, like, efficient and quick. If you're, like, tired, it's like, come on, two minutes. You can yeah. just Lord, give me a, Don't keep putting me on blast like that. <laughs> right? It's not two minutes. Oh, okay. See, it's the quickest oh, thing yeah. I've ever <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think that's good. I think that's important. I do too. You know what's something that you you guys are really good at? I don't know. I'm assuming it's Lauren. Maybe you're involved. It's all Lauren. Lauren's here. Party throwing. Hosting. Party throwing. Yes, I. You guys. I have an extensive background in party throwing. No, I have no. That's all Lauren. No, no, no. Is it all Lauren? Okay. It's all Lauren. Because I see these spreads in your home, <laughs> and I'm like, I need to know every detail. Did you create this? Did you hire a party planner? I feel like for every holiday, it's like every detail is personalized. We got the spread for Easter. Like, how long in ahead of time do you plan? Do you start planning? Holidays are important for me with my kids. That's like something. That, listen, everyone has like their own stuff. Like. Some moms are like, this is the schedule and this is the nap time and this is the this is the formula. And this like uh, that's not my specialty. I'm like, yeah, take a nap when you want, like uh, chaotic. But holidays to me are like really important to make sure that they have really memorable moments. And I don't know if that's like something to do with my childhood, but I just like to make it feel special. Sometimes I have help. Sometimes I do it myself. I love doing it. It takes me back to blogging like 13 years ago when like kind of creative. Yeah, yeah, curating like something. Flat lay. It's fun. So I just like love that element of it. But sometimes like I don't like I didn't have time to decorate fully for Christmas this year. So I'll hire someone and be collaborative. But I love doing that kind of stuff. Like honestly, that would be my second career. If so I could. that's something you enjoy. What are like what's an important element if someone wants to host like people over at their house for a holiday. You got to the... start with the five senses. Okay. If you don't have the five senses, it's not going to work. So like the light needs to be dimmed. Let me explain what a dimmer is, Michael. It's when <laughs> the light goes down to a dim. It's not high. <laughs> oh. As we're sitting under floodlights in here. Yeah. The, di- the dim of the light needs to be important. Like it just does. You also want to have a good smell, but it's annoying when the smell is too overpowering. There's nothing worse than too strong of perfume or like it smells cheap or like a candle that smells bad. So you want to get the right smell and then you want to make sure that there's different heights. So Mm. like I'm all about different heights. So if you have like a short candle... Then you want like a tall candle next to it. And then you want something that's like on the ground. Like, I don't know, like maybe like I'm just making this up. But like you take Skittles and make a heart. So it's like flat and then middle and then high. And you make sure that there's different dimensions throughout. And then I think like ambiance is so important. Music. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the music 24-7 in my house. I'd love like a crackling fireplace. Like you just want like it to feel very like good vibes good energy yeah have you ever Mm -hmm. been to like maybe a nice hotel that somebody threw a bunch of money at but there's just something off even though it's it's really nice it's because it's got it doesn't have any of like the warmth or depth it's just like somebody threw a bunch of money at something and looked at it on a a picture and they don't have any of kind of like the other stuff that comes along with a great ambience or a great great environment it's true that's so true the environment to me this is another thing that's important with kids is so important like i want my kids to wake up like just in a, in a good vibration. Like I want nice music. I want well, nice light. I just want like like calm. 
because life is so chaotic. Like if my yeah, house you don't want to overload like that, their like sensory. Yes. Yes. Totally. Definitely make your your house like a zen space. And I feel like also just from pictures that I've seen, your guys' house is very thoughtful and intentional. Like the pieces, like the art pieces, all of it's like it's a moment. It's not just like you're gonna throw something up. Just on to the fill wall, the corner just to or fill something. the space. You don't want when, in my opinion, when this is my opinion, when you're decorating, you don't want it to feel like a hotel where it feels sterile. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is sure have the sterile hotel vibes, but then also pull in things like I'll, I'll give you some examples. Like I found this little picture that Michael's mom had when he was born, and it's like the vintage frame. Like put that, and then like for Towns's room, I went to his mom and got his like little rattle that he used. So there's like personal touches or we'll put like Zaza drew this painting of our family like on a piece of paper in a hotel in Cabo and it's like a gross piece of paper but it's like a sweet like I love implementing like those sweet moments within the sterileness that a house can have if that makes sense yeah and saving like things that you would never think to save just memories and stuff like even like a door hanger at a hotel just stuff that like you wouldn't think of to to decorate the home but also pairing highs and lows. I think it's like, it's it's just meshing things together. Yeah, and our home's obviously opposite than what our offices are. Like if mm-hmm. we're in this office, this is very like flamboyant and out there. But and a the little next bit. house that I do, I, I wouldn't take my theme throughout. Like the next house I do, I want to be completely different. Is the next house still going to be in Texas or are you ever making your way back to California? I have no idea. <laughs> you know what? We no. don't have the, the I, I never have wanted to have this like plan for my life where we like buy the house and then like this is the house and like we're going to grow up in this house I always want to be super malleable with my life like maybe I don't know what's going to happen in two years I like that feeling well here's the thing about California we grew up here and then we lived in LA on and off since 2014 then full-time it was just like I feel like we're here all the time. Obviously, there's still an office here. I, I just feel like coming back here, it's like it's been done and we're, we're at the stage where we want to explore it. Our kids are going to get old enough at one point where you're going to probably have to plant down a little bit more permanently. But right now, we're kind of having fun with like, huh, what is the place? And we don't know. So I still say like, Texas is the place right now, but it, we don't know if it's the forever place. I would get really bored to not have flexibility in my life. I think like my family life is, is pretty stable and consistent, but like outside of that, I want flexibility and yeah. travel and movement and... I mean, listen, we're not traveling with covered wagons anymore, so it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the plan can change at any time. I like oh, that. I like that traveling in a, in a covered wagon with you? With, like, <gasps> oh. with the cough? That's so cool. Oh, oh you'd be dead because it'd be the black plague. Actually, right? Ellen, I heard oh. the planes are good for cleaning out the... Oh, my God, I can't. Okay, can we talk about podcasting? Because obviously you guys are... You're, you're the number one to talk about this with us. You guys have to contribute to this conversation, though, because you guys... Wait, wait, now well, there's too much pressure on me. Now I'm going to fumble the ball. Okay. It'll be my flop season. <laughs> my flop season. It's an era. Oh, era. era shit. <laughs> era. I told you, dating myself God. again. Uh, yikes. <gasps> nice. Do you remember us coming to meet with you? Yeah. Downstairs. Yeah. I do. What, what was what were the vibes? What was the first? Were you getting impression? like twerp vibes a little bit? Were you I like actually want to know this. Why did I mean I can see why, but like so, I want to know why you chose to have them as a main podcast on Dear Media. So, I don't get. To, you know, it's funny. I don't meet as many new talents as often anymore. And it's funny when I started this business, I told my co-founder at the time, who's now out of the business, I was like, "Listen, I'm gonna I'll do everything that it takes to run the entire business, but like I don't want to deal with the talent, right? Because I felt like I already have my hands full with Lauren, and I'm not a manager <laughs> or an agent, and I don't come from entertainment, right? I was a completely different world. And so quickly, like 
lo and behold, found out that I was going to be dealing with a lot of talent. But I, one thing that I feel I've always had with Lauren is we're able to spot talent, right? And you're able, and and I think the key to being in this business or any you know, especially in the world we all engage with, is like spotting talent before other people realize their talent, right? And and also seeing potential in what people could be. And so I remember meeting with you guys. No, and I did not think you were chirps. I thought those are two talented people that can go and build much more than what you were talking about at the time, which I think you're starting and have been doing. Right. And that I think like maybe is just like, that's mostly on you guys, but also it's just like a gut feeling from us. And Lauren's phenomenal at doing that as well. Like we've, and I I won't call out talent by name, but like, I think a lot of the success of Dear Media is by seeing that potential before other people realize it's a potential because you know you see everybody in this city and i'm talking about hollywood and one of the things that turns me off is they give no attention until somebody's really exploded they give no help to grow they give no you know rightly so i guess it's like it's a hard business but as soon as somebody's like popped off then everybody's got their hands out trying to Mm -hmm. take a piece right and it's like well if you weren't there in the beginning to help me grow it like why now right and so i think like we take the opposite approach which is okay if you can really help somebody accelerate their growth and provide them the infrastructure to do it in a much more meaningful way like that's been kind of what we've tried to do the potential Definitely. like yeah. so you're saying you saw potential in us we need a little ego boost Thank yeah you for sure that. i mean honestly <laughs> and if i didn't i would have this is also going to sound like a dick move but i would have just left the meeting and said hey somebody else like no and i would you wouldn't have heard from <laughs> i me don't again. think it's just about him like seeing potential like you need his like approval i think that he probably saw that you guys saw potential within your brand I think that's probably what he saw. I don't think it's like he's not like the master who's like, you have potential. Yeah. Like no. he probably saw. I'm just assuming this. The way that I think about it is like I'm not doing anything to to create your success. Right. I'm just facilitating an infrastructure that helps you really accelerate that success. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Definitely. Where I'm not like going to be like without dear media, like with, yeah. without us, you, you would still be very successful. My whole thing is like, can I be a real value add as a company to help you facilitate it in a a more meaningful or faster or higher growth kind of way? Or also potentially coming in and saying, hey, there's an opportunity that maybe you haven't looked at. Like, would this be interesting? And then like basically helping you facilitate to do that. Yeah. If somebody, I have a question for people who are starting a podcast Maybe they don't already have a lot of followers. Like, would you recommend they reach out to a network right away? Because we get asked that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. should I just reach out and email all of these networks? Or would you suggest going for a year, collecting analytics, and then going to... So there's two thoughts I have on this. If you're somebody that has a platform and a business already and has an audience and you have maybe... Maybe you're coming from YouTube or maybe you're coming from TikTok, whatever it is, and you have stuff going on. You're like, hey... I would be good at this and I already have a platform, but this is a huge undertaking. As you guys know, it's a lot of work. Then I would say, yeah, maybe reach out to a network because they can, or we can help one expose that channel in a faster way and two provide the infrastructure to create the content so that it's not such a headache because Lauren and I didn't have that when we started, obviously we were self-producing everything and it was such a pain because I was mm-hmm. running businesses. She wasn't like, man, this is just a lot. And it was a, the side, the pot, the podcast for us was a side hustle and still kind of is. But if you're somebody that doesn't have that yet and you're starting out, then no, because a network can't do enough for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can't grow your audience from scratch and I can't just plug you in and say, you're going to be the next, like put in the time, develop a tone of voice, like figure out like, because kind of, the worst thing would happen if, if you start with a network and then you don't kind of get there and they're like, Hey, like we have to make a business decision and say, Hey, you're not right. And we got to cut you. Right. So I, I also like. There's two kind of trains of thought there. I personally, if I was, I have a different answer than you. I would 
I would go out and do it 50 times. Go do it. Now, everyone wants to talk about their idea. Like, how long can you talk about your idea? To me, it's like, go actually do it 50 times. And then I would take my 50 times and I would present it to a network. And maybe that's a different answer. Because first of all, I would want to see if I like it. Because let's say I do have a platform and I do have a following. And I come to you before and I overcommit and then I flop. I would rather like present like incredible work to you and then have you like poach me and use it as leverage. Well, some people come to Dear Media and they think that Dear Media is going to be the answer to all their problems. Like, like yeah. we're, you're going to sign here and we're going to blow you up and you're going to have this massive platform. No, you have to do the work. And that's just not the case, right? Like we can help and I'm not downplaying the reach and the power of Dear Media, but I think people need to understand that if you can't grow on your own, a network's not going to be the person that does it for you, right? Like a network is a facilitator and it can accelerate and do more. But like, if you can't build and hold an audience that cares about what you're doing or saying on your own, no external partner is going to do that for you. Yeah, that's definitely. True. You can't buy or fake energy or like even dynamics. No. And that's literally what a podcast is, is like your energy, your aura, your voice. Do you kind of feel like someone either just has it or they don't? Or or what is your, if someone's like, oh, I've been doing this podcast for six months and like it just hasn't taken off. I don't know what my niche is. Like, would you have any I feel advice? everybody has a God-given talent, but that doesn't mean they have a talent on every medium. So I'll pick on myself. I'm a big talker, right? Can't shut me the hell up. And I feel that I have a distinct perspective and point of view, which does well in this medium, which is why I specifically chose this medium. I do not think that I could do what you do on TikTok or what you do on a blog or what anybody does on Instagram. Like, I, I don't think I can do that. And I think sometimes creators, they make a mistake of seeing what everyone else is doing on other mediums. And they go, okay, I'm going to go into that medium because people are making money there or there's attention there. And it's like, well, you're not going to be good there. Right? Or you also yeah. see a creator skyrocket on one medium and then you almost get an ego about the fact that you skyrocketed and think that that's going to translate to every single medium. And mm -hmm. it's not everyone's good at every single medium. So I think, so true. You know? Yeah. So I think people have this God given talent, but then they misplace that talent on platforms they shouldn't be on because they see other people doing it. Right. So. I think you have to be like, if I ever write a book, maybe I, I think like there's a huge conversation that needs to take place about self-awareness and just being honest with yourself about like where you should be creating if you're a creator, right? You can't just, you, you can't just jump into any medium because you see somebody else doing it well. What's the line of like to you, self-awareness, but also confidence, like almost ignorant confidence, I guess. Like, Would you I consider that it. a lack of self-awareness? I mean, if you listen to what Lauren and I talk about, it's mostly stuff that we have some kind of perspective or expertise on, right? Like we're not, I'm not going in and talking about neuroscience. I'm bringing a neuroscientist on the show and hearing what they have. I think this is where people, that whole fake it till you make it thing is not great if you don't have an understanding of where you're trying to go, right? Like if you're just, I'm not going to join the NBA, right? Look at me. <laughs> Like it, but I, I could be the most confident guy ever if I go like, you know, I'm going to go in. It's not going to work. Like, I think the self-awareness comes of re understanding your limitations and then really pushing the things that you're good at. Right. And so I think we have these things where we're just not self-aware about what our capabilities are. And it's not to say that you shouldn't be confident and try things, but like base it in reality. Right. Like so many people are just not they're living in La La Land. They're not they're not on a grounded place. And then they do these things like I can't believe it didn't happen. It's like, well, come on, man. Like. That's so not, not your strength necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're not honest with themselves about that. Definitely. Do you guys have any 2023 podcast industry predictions? I think that people are going to expect more. Meaning I think 
it can't just be one surface. It's got, you got to have a lot of different tricks in your bag. It's like a magician. Like you can't just have one trick. You got to really have different things, different layers. And I also think that if you're an interviewer, people are going to expect more. I think like the question of like, introduce yourself. Where'd you grow up? Like, and we've all done, done it. We've all done it. it. We've all done it. But like, people want to know like what's under the hood. And I also think that this is the moment for podcasts like Andrew Huberman. It's like very niche things that someone's a severe expert on. But he'll say like, I don't talk about politics. That's like not don't go somewhere else. So I think like niche podcasts, I think if you're sort of a lifestyle podcast, you got to have a lot of different tricks. And definitely if you're an interviewer, I think it's really important to spend time refining your interviewing skills. I think that's a really good point. I think for a while with the podcasting space and on social media, like fake journalism almost like everyone got away with that. Just asking whatever questions like you were saying. And now I think you're right that like the art of journalism is actually coming back where it's like. For example, I don't want to like necessarily call out this podcast, but we were talking about the Haley Bieber interview. interview. Yeah, with Caller Daddy. And we were like, we want so much more from that interview. We want like to know her and Justin's dynamic. We don't want to know necessarily the things that we already see on TikTok. In Alex's defense, what I think maybe happened is that there was PR involved. Mm -hmm. So you just can't. You can't control it. And so the, the question is, do you have the guest on? because people want to hear the guest or do you not have the guest on because there's PR? Mm. I mean, it's, Here's it's a cl- fine line. It's yeah. like, I, I don't know That's what the true. answer is. No, it's the, it's the clash. We, I mean, Lauren and I have been around the block now when it comes to, inter- we've done a lot of interviews obviously for a long time. And if somebody comes to us and like, hey, we're going to come in, it's a big name. And like the PR has got three people in the corner and they're going to dive across the table if I ask them a strange question. It's like, just don't bother coming in. Go to another show, go to the Today Show. Because what I've realized and I think what we realized is we can't have interesting conversations that our audience cares about no matter who the guest is if we can't do this kind of thing, right? And I think podcasters make a mistake and I say this all the time where they're not worried nearly enough about what the audience wants. They're worried way too much about what a brand or what a mm-hmm. guest wants. For us, we look at it and say, what does the audience want? What is the questions that they want us to ask for them, right? Like, if you lose that, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, so what I will say is like, the audience comes first, you know, we come second in the sense that we want to, you know, ask the questions to facilitate. The brand comes third and the guest honestly comes last. Like, it's like we, you know, we want to have great guests, but we want to get the answers out of them that the audience actually cares about. So to that interview, I didn't hear and I don't know, but I assume that there's probably 18 different PR people editing and diving across tables and telling them what's on limit, off limit. It's just like, it's a headline, but it's mm-hmm. not compelling. Yeah, definitely. Watch the whole thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah we, we watched it. But... Yeah. I agree. I think I think that's something you guys do very, very well, by the way. Okay, we're going to... So on our podcast, we do a lot of advice where people will write in for advice. And so Love we're going to read a few to you guys and we're going to end off with that because we get a lot of like similar stories. Like the advice will, you know, the story will be in and of itself, like the specifics will be different, but the basis is like, should I break up with him? Like, should I... Is my uh, mother-in-law keep, toxic or yeah. is it me that's crazy? Like things so like that. So we always say like the same answers, but we want your guys' take. We want a, we want a different take. We want take. fresh energy. Yeah. Wait. So my husband and I have been married for almost three years and he's the best thing in the entire world. Hilarious and sweet and attentive and I'm just obsessed with him. When I was in junior high, high school, I dated this other guy for about four years and I really loved him. We'll call him Matt. 
When we broke up, it felt resolved. We remained in the same circle of friends and we never got back together. Fast forward to a couple months after my wedding when my mom, who's close friends with Matt's mom, decides to tell me that the reason why he wasn't at my wedding, I had invited him along with other high school friends, was because he was still in love with me. She said that he had been dating this girl at the time but didn't want to fully move forward with her until the door with me was completely shut, aka I got married. He goes on to marry this girl and they just had a baby together. I was very clearly taken aback when she told me this because one, I thought it was resolved. Two, why did he never tell me this? But also, I'm obviously super happy where I'm at. So that was that. Almost immediately after she told me, that's when the dream started. I never thought about him throughout the day, but it was like something activated in my subconscious. You guys, I tell you, I have vivid dreams of being together with Matt at least a couple times a week. For a while there, it was every single night for three years. And then she goes on to say that she told her mom and she's told her husband and her husband was weirdly chill about it. But she's like, should I talk to him? Like to get resolution, how do I get rid of these dreams? Do I love him? I feel like we are making our lives more chaotic than they need to be. <laughs> kind of like how I make well, This might be above my pay grade. <laughs> no, this is, I think you just said your husband's hilarious, amazing, and you're obsessed with him. I would stick with that. I, or the, on, the, on the flip side, maybe your husband's not as hilarious and maybe you're not as obsessed with him as you nobody think. talks about their husband like that he's probably a great guy but this is overcompensation yeah, i feel this this might be giving overcompensation i think that when you're with someone for the rest of your life and let me let me put it in perspective for the rest of your life you need to really like the person and if you're having dreams and thinking about other people and obsessing over other people and going through your mom and your sister to get the info and the juice it's maybe your husband you're not as obsessed with him as you think you are maybe and he's not the funniest guy in the world Lord. <laughs> maybe he's not the funniest guy in the world and i am a fan of i like to do what i like to do and if i if if i'm thinking about someone else like i don't really think i would want to be married to someone so do you think she should literally tell that see this is always the sticky part where it's like what is actually what is she supposed to do i don't really think that i would want to be with michael if i was constantly thinking about someone else but michael you, you maybe you can answer this because i feel like you were with a lot of girls thinking about <laughs> someone else the whole time yeah but i never married them and had a child with them and got serious about them right I, what if you did well i wouldn't <laughs> okay what if it was a slip I mean, like an accidental. Well, then, like that. Listen, now, Lord, we're not going to go. Like, okay, I think in this, I, I, I say this all the time. I believe men and women do their very best to overcomplicate their lives as often as they possibly can. I think you're right, 100. percent And I think if you actually look at Lauren and I's life, it's pretty boring and simple, right? Like, we we keep it pretty. We don't. There's not a lot of outside influencers. There's not a lot of chaos. There's not like it's not maybe for everyone, but we're, it's it's maybe boring. There's not some juicy story, but it's like, this is my wife, this is my children, there's no other women, I'm not out at night, same thing. Like, it's it's that, because I feel like as soon as you start bringing in all these other elements and overcomplicating things, it's just like, But what do you I want would say, if right. she's not happy with her husband, which it doesn't sound like she is because she's dreaming about other guys and obsessing over other guys, like, don't settle, bye. Like, just, is she staying with her husband because that's what society expects her to do? That's, yeah. that's not, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't do anything based upon what I'm supposed to do. So, like, if you're doing it because you're supposed to be with him because you're supposed to be married, but you really want to be with someone else, like... My thought process is like, blow it up. 
Sorry. Yeah, but now, <laughs> the, but now the guy's got a kid and a wife. Do so you want to ruin their lives too? So I think it's like you kind of miss your boat, honey. But you miss your boat. So you think she should just sit in the relationship? Hold on, hold on. So if Lauren came to you and was like, I'm having dreams about this other guy, I have been for three years, what would your response that be? You would. No, first of all, I'd climb into her dreams and I'd beat the hell out of the guy. Would, no, I'm just kidding. What would you actually no, do? No, I actually honestly, want to know what you would this do. Is, if this, so I always tell Lauren, I think it's like a, it's a cowardly thing in a relationship when people either step out or cheat and don't have the ability to be like this, you know, I'm not happy in the relationship. It's just, it's just easier. So if she came to me and was like, like, I'd be devastated. Don't get me wrong. It would break my heart. But if she's like, I'm thinking about another person and dreaming about another person, then that person is not you. I'd be like, okay, well, like, we're, don't tear up. we're probably not. Like, this is probably not going to be the best solution. We'd have to figure out how to probably separate. I'm honestly. You would separate if I was having dreams about other guys. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I no, can no, no. control my because dreams. I don't want to. No, no, but if, it's not just <gasps> dreams. I'm saying if you, were, if you were sitting, hoping, wishing that you were with someone else, I'd be like, well, maybe this is a departure point, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of people on the planet. I wouldn't like it, but that's the truth. I, I don't get the I don't get the novel thought of staying with someone just to stay with someone if you don't like them. It doesn't make sense to me. They don't get people that do it just for kids. So I don't that's think it's great. The answer I think is the answer is don't stay with someone that you don't really like. And mm-hmm. when you're thinking about someone else, but then and I maybe, think the second part is she doesn't then have the right to go break up a newly married no, couple with a child. I agree. I almost think it would not solve everything, but if she did just leave the relationship she's in. Maybe it's not even him specifically. It's just like you're not happy in general. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you did, if you're having dreams and dreams and then you start obsessing about it, like, again, a dream is a dream. Like, I've had dreams about Devin Booker before. It's like, I'm not obsessing about it. (laughs) Of course. Who the hell are you dreaming about, Lauren? You never know. I like to keep it mysterious. But it's like you're not, if you're writing into a podcast about it, if you're like, really talking to other people about yeah, this, it the writing into You've a taken podcast it out of context yeah it's no it's longer a, just a dream it's a joke on our podcast that if you ask like so do you think i should stay together should i break up with them break up with them every time yeah. because you wrote into a podcast 100 100 okay next one hi guys i want to start off by saying absolutely love the podcast gives me something to look forward to every tuesday i've actually been in a relationship with my fiance since my freshman year of high school and we will both be seniors in college next year we will be getting married this year and have been together for six years One thing we seem to struggle with is when we do argue, we don't get in serious arguments often. I like to walk away and blow off some steam and think about the argument, but he likes to keep talking and talking. When we keep talking, it frustrates me even more and makes the argument even worse for me. Any advice on this? It's called you're dating a man, (laughs) right? We're problem solvers. We like to solve the problem right then and there. I just don't entertain it. If he, if I, if he wants to talk and talk and I'm, I need a break and I need to step outside it, I will go get busy. Like go on the treadmill. Is that how you say it? Treadmill? Treadmill. Treadmill. You said, no. Yeah. Go, go call a friend, like go get busy. I think there's a real underrated art of getting busy. Lauren and I have gotten good at this. We talk about this all the time, like the recovery where we distinguish between like what's a real fight and what's I'm like something. I'm not recovered from last night. I still have the notes in my notes <laughs> app. This is a little counterintuitive to everything we said sure, on our but podcast. But I want to remind you of what we, you know, how we operate. So <laughs> no, like, we're good at resolving it, right? I, I think sometimes people, they take little things that shouldn't be a fight and then they make them into a much bigger and bigger issue. And so like sometimes we'll look at each other and it's like, we just, it's a stupid fight. We're like, okay, that was dumb. And we move on. And I think like in a mature relationship, you get to a point where like, I'm the talker. I want to resolve it. And I've l- had to learn over the years that like that doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes I have to wait till she wants to solve it. So walk away. But I think if you can't get to a place where you're both being responsible and thoughtful and it's starting to become chaotic and toxic, then you have to make a decision. I also think there's nothing wrong with just like taking a step back and doing your own thing for a minute. Not everything has to be something like 
just really, I think to myself, go get busy, go read a book, go listen to a podcast, cool down. You're never going to be that angry as you are in that second. Just like take a minute, take a beat. So what do you think about the quote where they say, like, never go to bed angry at each other? Oh, I don't. I I mean, I go to bed angry sometimes. I don't know. I mean, everyone's different. I I go to bed angry sometimes. I'm not going to be like. Sometimes she even wakes up angry. (laughs) You never know. I think That's how you know it's serious if you wake up angry. I think every to each its own. I mean, some people don't want to go to bed angry. That's great. Some I mean, we've been together for six million years. Sometimes I'm going to go to bed angry. It's worth mentioning, though, too. We say this all the time. Like, we don't have all the answers. We don't know. We, we, We make mistakes all the time. Like, we probably didn't. Like, yeah, whatever she's mad, I don't I actually don't know what she's mad about last night. But whatever she's mad about, I probably there's I wrote probably it down, a, so I'll you know, read it to you later. I, pro- like there, I probably could have handled that better. I'm sure. Like yeah, I probably could have. We're careful not to present too much of a perfect picture because we're not, and we figure stuff out all the time and have to work through shit all the time, right? Yeah, we're definitely not perfect. No, 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 no. I think we're just both committed to resolving the issues and committed to a life together. And yeah. I think if you have that base, then. A lot of the other stuff is a lot of times people just they haven't they're actually not committed. They're like, oh, I, I could leave. Mm-hmm. I also I could... think you don't have to solve everything. Like sometimes with us as women, like we feel like we have to solve everything. Like if he wants to talk and you don't, well, then don't talk. And he should yeah. talk to the wall, call a friend. Like it's just maybe that's his way. Like tell him to call his dad. Like, you know? Yeah. Like maybe he's just a talker. There's I can't remember who was saying it, but they were saying in, in most relationships, there's a couple main and big unsolvable issues that you literally can't talk your way to a solution because it's just like how the two people are. For example, it's like if you if your personality, I use this example, like my husband hates scary movies and I love them. That's like never really like, yeah, we could meet in the middle. Maybe he, we could watch a semi scary movie, but we're never I'm never going to change him to be like you need to watch these scary movies with me. It's like, that's just always going to be, that's a small one. Not but you know everything what I mean? has to be a thing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I think that you get, as the older you get and the longer you're married, not everything has it's to like be. It's like tiring. Yeah. Pick like, your poison of what really exactly. matters. Like, I'm glad what you I'm say dying this, on my sword. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying on my sword that you have to wake up at five in the morning with the baby. You're so Sorry, right. Sorry, that is dying Lauren, on my sword. You know what, Lauren, you are so right that not everything has to <laughs> be everything. I can't wait for dinner tonight. in my notes app. <laughs> okay, last one. Okay. Hey, queens. I am a so- and king. <laughs> I am a sophomore in college, but just moved across the country to be back home with my family for a while. I have been losing many friends in the past couple years. A lot of people really don't like me, and it confuses me sometimes because I have always thought that I've been a good friend and polite to everyone as well. I understand that this time in my life is full of so many changes, but the fact that I can't keep a solid friend for long is really scary. I'm not sure if I'm actually doing something wrong, or maybe I just haven't found my group yet. In your opinion, what defines a good friend? How would you describe a bad friend? Also, any tips on making new girlfriends in a new city are appreciated. You're not going to be liked after the answers to these questions, either of us. <laughs> I'll let you guys go first. <laughs> Michael, let's hear it. The problem is you. <laughs> you are the common denominator of all of these things. I, we, we talk about this all the time. If you're sitting there dumbfounded and confused about why something's not working out for you consistently in your life, it's probably because it's your fault. That mm-hmm. it's not it's not everyone else's. It's not your parents. It's not your upbringing. It's because something is going on with you that you're unwilling to look at or change. That's the simple answer. Accountability is freeing. Yeah, people people never want to believe that it's potentially them. They don't want to look and be like, maybe I'm a fucking asshole and nobody wants to be around me and I got to do some work to change that, right? And I, you know, I I think like the hardest thing to do is look at yourself and be like, oh, like that's that's on me. Whenever something goes wrong in my life, unless it involves Michael, <laughs> <laughs> 
I think, how am I accountable in this situation? Whenever I am triggered by something on the internet, why am I triggered? This is something that has to do with me. I think extreme ownership and accountability. And maybe it's something little. We're not saying you're a toxic friend. Like maybe it's just like something little that you're doing. Maybe you're like really annoying at texting. There's nothing worse for me when someone expects me to text them right back. Like it's just, I'm just not that kind of friend. Like when you're asking me like what outfit you should wear and I don't text back right away, like you just, it's just not, when you and I text, like sometimes we take a week to text text each other. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's just like, sometimes I, I have two kids. Like I'm just, I'm hanging on by threads. I'm doing my best. Like if you're the type of friend that expects someone to text them back right away, like I'm I'm the problem. It's my fault. I'm a bad texter. Like maybe I'm not the friend for you. So I think taking extreme accountability and just being like, this is who I am. This is how I am. This is what I'm doing to contribute. Instead of asking why me, ask like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what would be very um, powerful, but also very hard to do is literally asking all the people in your life. What was it about? Like, can you be honest? What is it about me that why did this friendship end? If they're honest with you, maybe you can figure it out. Because I'm thinking, then how do you go about finding what is the character flaw? Like, what are things, like she asked, what's a good friend? What it, are things that are going to turn you guys off as a friend? Like, tell, happens, tell me tell me some things that you guys have, some you know, icks. But when people some say, icks. like, they're some having, like, bad dating experiences over and over and over, or bad relationships over and over and over, and it's always somebody else's fault. Like, everybody knows it's not everybody else's mm-hmm. fault. All the friends know, just nobody has the heart to tell them. <laughs> yeah, right. My friends what come to are me your the, friendship you know, icks? I think mine is similar to what you just said, like neediness or being like, I just love literally every close friend in my life. We could not talk for two months when we talk again. It's perfectly normal. It's like I don't have many friends in my life who are super needy or like, oh, or or they're overthinking like you didn't reply to my text. Why? It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have time for that type of energy at all. So I feel like neediness is kind of a an ick for me. I'm trying to think of, I mean, I don't know, negative energy just in general. If you're like just bringing down the mood constantly, it's not the vibe. Not the vibe. I feel like, yeah, same thing. If you have to have no expectations going into the friendship, like same thing. If all of a sudden we don't talk for a year because we're doing different things, like I don't want to get in a fight when we talk again because you're mad that I haven't talked to you in a year. nothing worse than that. Or you know what my biggest ick is? When you're out to dinner with someone and you've made the time to see them and they're planning for the next dinner. <laughs> I'm just like, can we get through We're today? We're at the dinner. Yeah. We're yeah, at yeah, the yeah. dinner and they're planning when they're going to see you. It's like, it's like, it's too overwhelming. I don't want another boyfriend. Like, I just want a friend. No. I feel like sometimes girlfriends. Like they expect so much. Yeah, they expect you to be their boyfriend. It's like, no, I'm not here I'm to be that. I'm also not a sleepover girl. Also, like, though. come on. I'm not, I'm not a sleepover. <laughs> I talked to Michael about this the other day. I'm not a sleepover girl. I'm yeah. not going to get in my pajamas and giggle. Like, that's fine if you are a sleepover girl. Go, like, go be a sleepover girl. But from my friendship, I'm married with kids. I just, I don't want to do sleepovers yeah. anymore. I'm not really like the bachelorette party girl either. I feel like I had maybe some of the women on my side for a minute, but maybe this is my moment to lose them on the show. (laughs) I I feel like sometimes, too, like, and this is just the truth, nobody wants to hear and nobody cares about your problems. They just don't. Oh, here we go. This is the, here we go. Maybe cut this out. No, (laughs) they don't want to hear. This goes for men, too. This is the advice section. No, I'm not talking about this person. I'm saying if there's a friend in the group that every time you see the friend and they come, and this goes for men and women, and they come and it's just all about their problems and all about their woes and why the life sucks and why the world sucks, and it's every fucking time you're with them, you don't, nobody wants to be around that person. I feel like women in general, and this is, maybe I get in trouble, are more tolerant of that. When that happens in the male group, we're like, listen, buddy, you're not coming to yeah. beer night. You're not coming to bowling. You're out. Go cry in the closet. 
get your shit together, come back when you got a happy face, and we'll go out and have fun again. Like, I, I think you that know that's what? okay sometimes. It's like, sure, it's fine to be vulnerable so, sometimes, sometimes, but if it's constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm distinguishing between, yeah, if sometimes, no, yeah. Listen, come for him, come for him, come for him. You don't want to be, if, if somebody comes and they're like having a, I don't want a friend to not be able to come to me and say, I'm having a really tough time or I'm down. But if it is every time, and it's over issues that they could solve themselves if they just took a little personal accountability. And they're unwilling I think, you know to. what? That's my that's my biggest egg. I've told Chelsea this. I'm like, I can't be complained to about the same thing over yes. and over and over. Like if you have complained to me about the same thing five times, like yes. I will just lose it. And I've and I've done that before with people in my life. They're like, I just can't and I'll literally like kind of snap and just be like, if you are not going to change this specific aspect, like I cannot hear about this. No, it's it's a victim mindset. Yeah. yeah, I grew up with younger sisters and they would come and if they were dating a guy and that was not treating them well and they would complain to me once I'd hear him out I understand they complain to me again. I like, remember we talked about this. Maybe <laughs> these are some of the options But by the fifth time if they're doing it, I'm like listen the problem is you right like we've talked about this You've stated the problem over and over. I've listened. I provided advice. I heard it I can't spend the rest of my life listening to the problem Validating. that you know yeah. you can solve exactly right? I also think that women sometimes specifically think of that like dumping their problems is like a, the form of bonding. So they mistake Connection. it of like, okay, if I tell them like all of these bad things, we're going to be more connected when in reality it is like pushing you away. The more that if you do it over and over, over again, I guess sometimes it's yeah, connects it you is and connection, bonding, but, but like you said, when it's like harping, 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 every time you talk to somebody, it's like negative, negative, negative. You're like, this is not bonding for me. This is making me not want to answer your phone calls anymore. Also, Everybody like, let, let someone court you. The, the art of courting has gone away. Like, I want a friend to, to court me. I don't want <laughs> to meet someone and to know every single facet mm -hmm. of every single fear and woe that they have. Like, I want to, I, and I, by the way, when, when I'm dating someone too, I want to be courted. I don't want to go to a dinner or a date with you and hear every single thing about you. Like, save some for like, you know what I mean? Like, well, save some mystery. Save yeah. a little and mystery. Listen, everybody in this room has a certain person in mind that does this every time, and everybody <laughs> listen has that certain person in mind. And if you don't have that certain person in mind, it's you. <gasps> true. Ugh. <laughs> that might be true. Yeah. I know it's true. You know it is. Wow. <laughs> Mic drop. Also, before we go, I I would love at a, a different time to s literally take a course on. Male friendships, like you were saying, that just reminded me, versus female friendships. And like, why this is going to sound like I'm on the male side. It's I'm not okay, okay to be on the male <laughs> side sometimes. Never. <laughs> no. Um, why male friendships are so are simple? So simple. And I hesitate to say this, like healthier than a lot of female friendships. I, I see. It's, uh, I can tell you right now, when we don't even need a podcast. <laughs> Logic and emotion. If yeah. you can be a really logical person as a woman or a man in a friendship, it's going to be a lot more simple as opposed to you taking everything personally and having 600 emotions about something that just isn't that deep. It's you're right. Logical like, course taken. I just got my degree. Because <laughs> that's true. It is. It's like so they're so simple, like where girls like complicate everything. Most of the time. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. We wouldn't know about that. We've yeah. never done that. Well, please tell thank you guys so much for coming on, by the way. Thanks for taking the time. It's a dream come true for us. We've been we wanting had, to do a swap with you guys forever. 
Yeah, like I thought I had really some of the women, but now I might have lost them at the end. <laughs> no, you know what? I think I think you redeemed yourself. Yeah, um, I'm really not doing any podcasts this year, really. I told because I really want to focus on building ours, and I really wanted to do you guys' podcast. I'm so impressed with both of you and what you've built, and your audience and your community. It's incredible. So thanks for having us on. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. Yeah. Thank you guys. Tell tell everyone they already know. If you guys haven't heard of the Skinny Confidential, it's like a really small podcast. That's why we wanted to have them on. Yeah, we just like, like to do charity work every yeah. once in a while. We but, need but, all the help we can get, please. <laughs> But tell them like where to listen to your podcast if you have any new projects coming up or anything. You can find me at Lauren Bostick on Instagram and TikTok. And then if you want to shop the ice roller and the pink balls. The ice roller, you guys, you guys? need it. The skinny we'll talk about it in the in the intro probably. The ice roller is everything. The pink balls are everything. We just got the shaver. All of it's so good. Shave the ends of your brows. Bleach. <laughs> bleach, the, <laughs> bleach the hair. Do whatever you need to do. To give a little lift. And where can everyone find you and your good head of hair? Well, listen, Michael Bostic <laughs> everywhere, but no, the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast, obviously. But if I'm not your cup of tea, if I lost you on this episode, go to any show on Dear Media. There's a lot of people that you probably might like just as much, if not better than me, including these girls. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you guys loved that episode as much as we did. That was so, so fun for us to finally make that happen after years of thinking and dreaming about it. So make sure you guys go and follow Lauren, Michael, Dear Media, go check out the ice roller. It is the best thing ever, you guys. I use it all the time, especially if your your face is feeling puffy or if you're having some inflammation. You need the ice roller, the pink balls, the journal. She has so much good stuff. So you guys need to go check out all of that. I'm sure you've seen it all over TikTok and you probably already you probably already own it, let's be honest. But um yeah, go check that out. Go follow us on Instagram. It's at what we said podcast. Get your Valentine's Day merch, tour tickets, all the stuff. We love you guys so much. And that's that's what what we we said. said. Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.